0: This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports, really. And the best part is anyone can take advantage of GMC's platform by signing up for consignment services. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com slash consignment and start moving your cards with Greg Morris today. What's up, everyone? This is episode 248 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my ex account is at Wax Museum PC. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, something pretty significant happened in the NBA game worn jersey world. And that's not a world I typically have much to do with until those same jerseys are chopped up and put into cards. So I promise you this first segment will cycle back to cards and fairly quick. But on November 14th, the NBA and Sotheby's announced a multi-year partnership that made the auction house the official game-worn source of the NBA. And it looks like they're going to go out of their way to get jerseys from important moments and make them available in record time, which, that's pretty cool. The first of which was Victor Wimbenyama's rookie debut jersey, which had an estimated value of $80,000 to $120,000, but it sold for a staggering $762,000. So, I think it's safe to say Panini probably didn't get that one. Of course, I'm being facetious, they're just going to keep rolling out with the non-associated stuff anyway. That's what they've got for Wimby and the new hoops already. So, Anyway, Sotheby's is essentially taking the place of NBA auctions, and in my opinion, it looks like it's going to be a bigger, better version of that site too. The big problem in all this for me, and perhaps many other relic card collectors, is that Panini bought a lot of source material from NBA auctions, and if you're looking at that old stuff and you're trying to research source material and figure out what games it was used in and link all that stuff up, If you look at the old listings on the internet, they'll still pop up on Google, but when you click the URL, it redirects to the new Sotheby's NBA homepage, and I was messing around a little with a research project earlier this week. I pulled up the Google result for an old NBA auctions listing. I knew it would redirect me, so I thought maybe I could outsmart it. I tried right-clicking to copy the link or to copy the source, which it let me do, But when I go to use that link at the Internet Archive or any other source, it's no longer taking me where I need to go. And while it looks like all of this old NBA auctions information could still be out there somewhere, it probably won't be for long. And this little exercise was another reminder that a lot of the great info we use online is not always going to be there, which we know that already. I'm sure a lot of you remember WorthPoint, or PWCC, eBay sales history, or any other big resource that's gone away in recent years, it's not going to last forever. So if you use something a lot, you might start thinking about somehow saving whatever you can. All right, I'm not here to bum you out. I feel like I've got a great show for you today. That's all I've got about that whole Sotheby's situation. But I've got a few pieces of mail I'm going to tell you about real quick here at the start. Surprisingly, none of them are patches. Predictably, a lot of them, actually all of them, are Pacers. And then in today's main segment, I have a really fun conversation I recorded with Jarrett, a.k.a. Celtic Super Collector on Instagram. We talked about Celtics greats. We talked about top 75 players. We talked about Penny Hardway. Uh, My apologies in advance, Jake Roy. And then we also talked about Jarrett's top 10 purchases of 2023. I had a lot of fun with that conversation. I think you'll enjoy it as well so you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. Okay, on to the mail. The first card I want to talk about today is a 2000-2001 Fleer Tradition Glossy Coach's Corner autograph of former Pacers coach Isaiah Thomas. I know there are some of you out there that probably don't remember Isaiah's stint with the Pacers, or maybe you weren't even aware that he had a stop there in the first place. He was the head coach between the Larry Bird team that went to the finals in 2000 and Rick Carlisle's squad that nearly made it back there as well. So he coached the team for three seasons. And in his last season there, the team ended up with the three seed before getting upset in the first round by Boston. That's when Larry Bird was hired in the front office, and he ditched Zeke in favor of his old buddy, Rick Carlisle, instead. Anyway, enough about IT the coach. I need to talk a little about the card itself. Coach's Corner was an on-card autograph set that came in packs of Fleer Tradition Glossy, so not the regular set. It was kind of the, the Glossy re-issue, or whatever you want to call it, and they were packed out at a rate of one in every 108 packs, and there were only seven cards in the set, all of them pretty established names. Some of the other coaches of note include Pat Riley, Doc Rivers, and Jeff Van Gundy, In fact, I found a Van Gundy at a show a handful of years ago, and I got it for a really good price. And I haven't seen another copy in person since then. I'm not even sure. Maybe I've only seen one or two online. But um, this Isaiah, seems like there's more of those out there. It's a card that's kind of been on my radar for years. And seeing how much I like coach cards, you'd think I'd already have one. But I guess I just took it for granted and knew I could grab one whenever. We probably all have cards like that. But like everything else, its price went up during the big boom and eventually settled down a little. And I made up my mind that I didn't want to pay more than $20 shipped for this one. So I just had to be patient and wait for the right time. Now, I should mention there was a copy on COMC in the $25 to $30 range, which isn't that far above what I had already put in place. And seeing as it was COMC, I wouldn't have minded going for that one just because I'm essentially flipping cards for ComC credit, but that copy had a couple of jacked up edges, so I decided to keep waiting this one out. Well, a week or two ago, Vintage Pacer Steve sent me an eBay listing, and the condition on the copy was great. The bin was reasonable, although the seller accepted offers, so that's the route I went with instead, and eventually we were able to complete the deal. So I'm happy to have this one, and I feel like it helps me narrate that three-year period of Pacer's history that sometimes gets a little lost in the overall story. Okay, the next card is a card of someone that actually played for the Pacers during that Isaiah Thomas tenure. It's a 2022-2023 Panini National Treasure Signatures Bronze Auto of Meta World Peace, number 23 of 25. So Meta or Ron, as I'll probably refer to him from here on out, did not sign... a long time after retiring, so I would say it was probably nearly 10 years where he didn't sign cards, maybe less than that, maybe seven or eight, and then he kind of just showed up in products out of nowhere, and the first one I remember was 2021 Court Kings and then 2021 National Treasures, but they were all sticker autos, as were all of the autos that followed for over a year, and I told myself I wasn't going to go after any of these autos until he signed Pacer stuff on card. There were a few times I had cheap autos in my cart as possible placeholders, but ultimately I held off because, you know, what's the point? It's weird seeing Pacers card where he's listed as Meta World Peace, and he's signing that auto. It's kind of an MWP and usually a 37 with it as well, which was his number with the Lakers. And, um, you know, he never used that name when he was on the Pacers. It was always Ron Artest. So if I'm going to eventually dish out for a Meta Pacers card, I at least want it to be on card. Enter 2022 National Treasures. As I do for practically every major release, as soon as I saw the checklist drop, I looked over it for any notable Pacers cards. And I noticed that Ron had autos, but I assume they were just more stickers. You might recall I talked about National Treasures recently and and mentioned it's been a sticker dump product for years. But then a couple people sent me screen caps from a Pac-Man break on YouTube, and I can see they were on card. I also saw that he was wearing his 23 jersey, For those of you that don't know, Ron wore three different numbers in his time with the Pacers. He was always changing. So he wore 15, then 23, then 91, and then he actually wore 15 again before he was traded to Sacramento. So this card pictured 23, which was when I started collecting Ron. So I decided as soon as I saw a card that was number 23 in the print run, be it 23 of 99, 23 of 25, whatever, I was going to go for that one. So of course, the first one listed on eBay was 23 of 25. At this point, I don't even know what a Ron on-card NT auto number to 25 is worth. That's kind of spe- um, you know specific parameters, but I felt like I got it at a fair price, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. Okay, the third and final card I want to talk about this week is also a Pacers card, a 2013-2014 Panini Innovation Stained Glass Gold Parallel of Paul George. And you've heard me talk a little bit about the 2012 stained glass iteration when I talked about my purple Danny Granger. Well, this one's from the next year where they added a gold. And and side note, they also added a light blue, but those are stupid rare. I don't own any of those. I can't remember the last time I've seen one, at least for a pacer. But uh, the golds of some players are pretty tough to find too, which ended up being the case with this Paul George. I think I've had it on my save searches for well over a year now. And this copy was the only one I've seen come up for sale in that time frame. So anyway, there's not much to this story. I put a bid in on it. I won. Uh, The seller was in the Philippines, so it took about a month to get to me. So I was just constantly checking, tracking, and it kind of disappeared along the way. But I knew, you know, anytime you're dealing with customs, that happens. So that's fine. And it finally showed up. And it's nice to finally be able to add that to the Pacers Panini binder that I'm working on. And if I haven't done so already, I'll I'll try and get a picture of that card up for you on social media so you can see it as well. All right, before I move into today's main segment, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by Comc.com. Are you tired of spending hours listing cards for sale? I am. I stopped that years ago. If you're like me, then you're in luck because the Comc Consignment Marketplace is the easiest place to sell cards online. Comc will identify, scan, list, Store, insure, package, and ship. Just send them your sports cards, trading cards, and collectibles, and they'll take care of the rest. All you do is set the price. Visit commsc.com today to start selling your cards. Okay, and then, real quick, some of you have asked me for ways you can help support the show. The easiest way is my eBay affiliate link. And using this link costs you absolutely nothing, just an extra 30 seconds or so of your time. But it helps support the show. To access this link, Simply go to waxmuseumpodcast.com, click the eBay logo, shop as planned, so whatever you are going to buy anyway, just click my link first, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Slick Leonard. You're
1: listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby!
0: Okay, so joining me today is someone you've heard on the show uh, at least a couple times before. I'm excited to have him back on to talk about his 2023 pickups. You might know him from his Instagram, where he goes by at Celtic Super Collector. Jarrett, you've had the normal intro before. So let's really, let's just skip the small talk and get to the thing that matters here. Is Paul Pierce a top five Celtic of all time?
1: Okay, top five Celtic. So we've got Russell and Bird. Okay. We've got Havacek. OK, we've got Kuzi. OK. Oof. Statistically, I, I think he would probably take the top five spot uh, with his finals MVP. He's second all time in scoring, I believe, behind Havlicek. Does that sound right?
0: I, I have no idea. I, 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 hope I believe not. He's second. I'm not a Pierce fan, so I hope not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I believe he's second all time in scoring. Uh, obviously, the finals MVP. I, I think his overall resume probably uh, pushes McHale out. Mikhail was a, you know, it was, a, was a, a giant star at his time, but he he only had a very small career uh, in comparison to Paul Pierce. So I think he, you know, he, I don't think he'd be Mount Rushmore, but I think he'd be uh, right there at probably fifth. I think that's okay. a, a solid spot for him.
0: And I, I'm impressed. Those of you at home, Jared got everything else we were talking about today, which is really just his list. He got all that ahead of time. He didn't get that question ahead of time. And he rattled that off like super quick. Um, now I've looked at some other lists and, and I've seen Pierce as high as four and as low as 10. I obviously, I don't think he's the 10th. Uh, right. I, I think that's way too low for him. Uh, it's hard for me to look at it objectively. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a Paul Pierce fan. I never liked his game, but I know all the Celtics guys that are around our age loved him. So, um, I, I saw one list that had Cowens at five. Uh, you mentioned McHale. He's, he was four on most of the list and uh parish i i saw some people mention parish i just i couldn't see it with him but
1: parish parish would have top 10 and and cowans obviously with the mvp helps push him up some but his career was pretty small as well you know you're talking a guy that came in around 1970 and by 1980 he was pretty much done
0: yeah cowans kind of confused me when i was looking at my top 75 stuff too because he, he kind of for me got grandfathered in because it was top 50 but right. then I'm looking at his numbers and I'm, I'm kind of – it was a little confusing to me. But I, but I also – I try to defer to people that were there right? because I didn't see him play. So, for me on paper, he's just uh, – no offense to Dave Cowens, but he's just not uh, not in that same caliber that I see some of those other guys.
1: I'm kind of glad they grandfathered the men, but I was also kind of looking forward to seeing who was going to get pushed off if they had done it that way. I thought him maybe um, – you know, Walton has got such a small – uh, career as far as, as his, uh, his peak, uh, Dave Bing, you know, some mm-hmm. of the guys in the fifties, you know, Bill Sharman, I love him to death, but you know, it's like, how do you compare him to some of the, the, the more, uh, modern guys. But in the end, I think the, the older guys on the committee basically said, don't touch him." Let's add 25 more names basically. So, and so it does give a, a well, a better rounded, uh, history of the last 75 years, but I was kind of looking forward to seeing who was going to get pushed off and then was, I guess mildly disappointed when I noticed none of them did. So,
0: yeah, it, uh, well, it would have made for some more drama, which uh, would would have been kind of fun, but it would have come at the expense of the older generations. And and that's probably not a great look for the league. I'm like you, my first two names that came to mind were Bing and Charmin. Um, So, you know, what, you, what do you do with them? And, and I know, I remember after the list was made, people on their Instagram stories were posting clips of like Paul Ayers and shooting, I, I use the term jumper loosely here, <laughs> but you know, you got to understand it's a different era and and we oh, have no to doubt. respect what those guys did there too.
1: And in the end, you just, you, know, you kind of go with their resume, you know, if you're a five or six time all NBA, you're a five or six time all NBA like Dolph Chase. Was he a 10, nine, 10 time mm-hmm. all NBA. So he was the man back in the day. So,
0: right. Yeah. You can't uh, hold it against him. The, for who he played with. Right. Uh, now, since we're already on the topic of rankings, this fits pretty well with the direction I want to go with today's show. You've added quite a few great cards to your collection this year, and I don't know what they are. Uh, usually I have people give me their list ahead of time. I don't know these. And in fact, I can't even keep the year straight. It feels like we just had dinner together in Dallas, but that was a year and a half ago. So um, we were talking and, and you mentioned, hey, you know, I put together this list of my top 10. So. I've made a few lists over the course of the last year, including my top 50. Right. It's not an easy task. Oh,
1: so sorry. I,
0: I, I kind of know what you've been through here. Before we get to the cards themselves, can you talk to me about what that process looked like for you?
1: Well, I mean, Instagram is really helpful to kind of give you a, an overview of what you've done throughout the year if, if you're posting uh, pretty regularly, and, and you and I both are. So you kind of start at the beginning and kind of scroll through and see what have I posted. And so you're going to uh, get an idea of maybe 15 or 20 that would be even in consideration. And then I'm going to borrow, uh, is it Connell? Connell's Mm -hmm. collection there is PC Pyramid. So after that, you kind of get an idea of what falls under the, the various spots and what was the big thing from that portion of the pyramid. So there may be something that on this collection here may not be as quite as important overall as, say, a Magic Johnson game use patch. But for my personal pyramid, this is the top of this section. And so it may beat out another card in the end. Uh, because personally, I know what it means to my personal collection. So kind of combination of Instagram and, and, and then obviously going through and then ranking things and, and figuring out in the end, what was the most important additions to your personal collection and why. So as we had talked about earlier, when we were talking about this, you know, some it's it's shocking to see what cards in the end don't make it, you know, and that you kind of described it as almost feeling like you're cheating on them. But I've got a few here. Uh, uh, that did not make the list. That are you know prime patches of of uh, Steph Curry and Magic Johnson and a couple of Shaqs. And so, in the end, it, it's actually kind of almost therapeutic and cathartic to see what your year looked like and and what was the most important ones you've added.
0: Yeah, there was one point I was looking at my list and um, I had a seventy two tops Maravich auto that wasn't on it and. <laughs> people kind of thought that was crazy. And eventually it did make its way on there Right uh, after I kind of thought about it for a while, yep. which I don't know, maybe I'm succumbing to the pressure of other people or, or I just, I, I kind of snapped out of it and realized how important that card was. But uh, just because you are choosing one card over the other doesn't mean you still don't like the other card. Like right. you've just got a lot of cards and you've got to deal with that. And you're trying to to limit it down to this very small list. Now, did you find that value wise, I know not everything's about value. Did you find that your, maybe your top five, were those probably the five that you
1: paid the most for in general? You don't have to give me specifics. Um, I will say the of the top five, they are, I mean, I spent a, a decent amount, nothing, nothing overly over the top, but I guess that you would, they'd probably be within the top 10 or 15 of what are the highest cards I bought uh this year. So yeah, I mean, it, it plays into it and part of the reason you spend that kind of money on a card is the fact that you want it, you know, and you're going up against other people that also want it. And so you're generally forced to make a decision. Am I going to pay, pay, pay for these? And you usually do. So there is some value in the top five. Yes.
0: Yeah. And probably uh, maybe relative to Pacers and we don't want to knock the Pacers too much, but uh, not uh, as many cards will fly under the radar with the Celtics. There's nothing that's
1: hidden, right? Instagram has shown me, I mean, I know there are Celtics collectors out there, but now meeting them online and, and seeing what they're posting and, and, uh, and how many of them out there, uh, there are times I'm shocked at some of the cards I was able to get knowing how many of the mothers out there are looking for the similar or same cards. So it's, um, it's definitely a lot more competitive hobby out there for a Celtic collector compared to a pacer one. Uh, and, and I guess enjoy that because, you know, you, you can get some stuff that, that I wouldn't dream of getting in terms of some of these higher end, uh, um relic cards so
0: i i'm getting a small taste of it now not not on the legend side of course but getting a small taste of it now with tyrese halliburton i just i just wanted a prism gold the other day and <laughs> it, you know we're talking i don't know what is it what was it a third year prism gold went for like right. a raw went for like 900 and i'm like you know maybe it's time to start looking at that monopoly stuff i said i would, <laughs> I would never buy uh, so here we are. But anyway, uh, we won't keep everyone listening. Uh, we won't keep them any longer here. Let's go ahead and let's hear card number 10.
1: So this one, uh, you actually have a bit of a connection to. Uh, this is the 2005-2006 uh, Gary Payton uh, SP Game Use Authentic Fabric Patches number to 75. And for, I'm sure you are aware that I've been looking for this one for probably two years now. Uh, it was one of the ones that kind of inspired me to maybe start collecting game use patches. And so uh, I'd seen it on ComC, it had sold right before I'd actually wanted to buy it. And so i have been looking for it for the last almost two years. And I was shocked at how it didn't show up. I mean, there's a card number to 75, you'd think they'd be out there. And so you had sent me an email kind of middle of June saying, I think this is that card you're looking for. And so I snapped it up as soon as I could. It was gonna be, I was going to bid whatever I needed to. And so this may not be quite as valuable as some of the other ones that have passed on, but the thrill of the hunt, how long I've been looking for it, and the fact that, I mean, maybe you can guide me if I'm wrong. I believe this is the only prime patch of Gary Payton for the Celtics. Does that sound about it's, right?
0: It's the only one that I know of. And and even um, looking at the color scheme of the card, it it's not a, technically a Celtics card, right?
1: Yes, I believe it is listed as Miami Heat. You're right.
0: Miami Heat. So yep. it's one of those where they just got the jersey and then he changed yep. team. So they're not going to use that jersey a lot. Um yeah, uh, maybe if it was Panini era, they would be using that like Derek White. They're still using all the Spurs stuff. Here we Thanks are years later. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was one they probably didn't use that in very many cards, and I I can't say that I've seen other cards with those pieces. So not the card that I I, I actually forgot about that. So I'm yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was a fun one. And uh, fun fact that the Ron Artest in that set was the first Ron Artest uh, prime patch card I ever picked okay. up. So that was a big deal for me. That was one of the first cards I put in a magnetic, you know, keep in mind, this was uh, nearly 20 years ago, but uh, it it was a big deal for me at the time. And I still have it to this day. All right. Number nine, what you got for number nine,
1: number nine. So, you know, one of my side PCs has always been Shaquille O'Neal as a kid, you know, you collect them just like everyone else in the nineties. And so I've been trying slowly to put together a collection of uh, game used prime patches from each of his teams and this year I was able to land the 2017 Panini Flawless uh, ruby patches of him and the Phoenix Suns. So this one's uh, numbered, excuse me, 9 of 15. So I didn't really want it in PSA 9, um, but once you kind of pay the little extra premium for it slabbed, and I will say the slab's pretty nice for a thick patch. I'm pleased with it. So I already have an Orlando Magic one from this set. Um, and so this is the third prime piece of Shaq. I've got Lakers, Suns, and uh, Orlando now. So Flawless 2017 Shaq Prime patch for the Phoenix Suns.
0: And I think 2017 Flawless, uh, maybe I'm biased because there, there were actually five Pacers in that set. But yes. that is one of my favorite patch sets of all time. No and I, I know you, you're you really big into the Flawless stuff for for Celtics from our one of our previous conversations. I know you talked about that. So to see that Shaq is, is pretty awesome. It's too bad they didn't have enough Celtics pieces to make a Celtics version of that, although I can't imagine what that would even go for, even seeing what the little pieces go for.
1: Well, that's that, as, as I stated, I'm trying to get prime pieces, and, and the being a Celtic collector, I still have not landed one of Shaq. Uh, I've got a couple of the, the, the jersey cards, but the prime ones have been few and far between, and when they come up, they get snatched up quite, uh, quick, and they are pretty expensive. So you better be ready, or they're going to be gone. So, and obviously, you have one in your collection that I have always admired from afar. Um, and there are not many of them, so it's, they're hard to find.
0: Yeah, I well, I lucked out when I got mine. It was kind of uh, people weren't looking for them so much, I don't think, and then I also got it in like a lot deal, um, although that was the the main card in the lot, but that was uh, kind of my route to get that is I, I did a little bundle buy. Okay, I understand. Uh,
1: number eight, what did you have for number eight? The so number eight is actually another non-Celtic. There are only a few slots of these that aren't Celtics, but number eight is the pardon me, 2019-2020 National Treasures Retro Materials Prime of Anthony Hardaway. So again, growing up, I also rooted for Orlando and so I've been wanting prime patches of, or of Penny Hardaway for quite a while. And as I'm sure you know, uh, the Penny Hardaway uh, market out there is very competitive, mm-hmm. uh, very expensive, and prime patches go very fast. Um, and so I've been kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for the right one to, 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 to fall on my way. This one, uh, I love the the blue jersey, the blue pinstripe, and the prime patch. Unfortunately, it's a little dark, but it is very chunky. It's got a black uh, black on blue with a little white in the corner. So when you get a good close-up on it, you can see how chunky it is. But uh, it's one of those, when I saw it, especially with the blue jersey in the background, I said, this is it. So I, I made a run for it, and uh, luckily, none of the penny collectors out there uh, outbid me at the end. So I finally have that, one, for the penny collection, and two, I needed him for my All-NBA Game used relics as well so i was really pleased to add that to the collection
0: okay so don't show uh jake roy who was on here recently because i know he's told me about that too how just the the penny competition out there is insane yes. so uh add in a guy like yourself who's looking to get just an occasional one here and there and and uh you kind of know what that feels like from the celtic side of things and and you're that guy occasionally but there's nothing wrong with that it's kind of fun I- to I dip my toe in bit. and I'm out.
1: I, I I'm I'm out there. They're all the rest of them are there, at least for now. Because like I said, to see what some of their prices go for, especially the flawless stuff, it's um, wow, it's impressive. You know, for a guy yeah. who's, I mean, I I I don't think he's making the Hall of Fame. I was I gonna really say you like
0: can him. you can say it. Let's be let's yeah. just be brutally honest here about Penny Hardaway. Yeah,
1: his uh, career probably, just ended too soon.
0: Yeah, popularity exceeded yep. the skill level. We might even say that. Um, just I know there was injuries and there was other stuff factored right. in. Um, prime wasn't very long. I'll stop. I'll stop now. I don't want to get any more hate mail, but I I get exactly what you're saying. Okay. So let's hear your
1: number seven. This is a 2020, 21 Panini Flawless Kemba Walker patches, uh, Platinum patch, numbered one of one. And I picked this up mainly, obviously not in the one of one, but it has a very chunky Vistaprint patch in there. Uh, I found this one actually on Instagram, Carmine's cards back in June, it posted it. Uh, I made an offer and he had actually responded back saying someone had already claimed it, but if they didn't pay for it, then he cut back to me. Uh, and so a couple of days later, he said, that deal fell out. If you still want it, it's yours. So I figured, you know what? I'm not going to pass up on a Vista Print beautiful patch. Uh, his price is a little more than I wanted to pen, uh, spend, but it's, you know, with one of ones, you're kind of at the mercy of, uh, of the seller and it was still reasonable. So I grabbed that and it was another card actually from June. So far in this list here, I kind of jotted down when they came in the Payton, the O'Neill, and so far the Kemba were all June purchases. So that was a pretty big month. And there's actually one more on this. So <laughs> June was a good month. I wonder if there's uh,
0: something to that, maybe you know, post-finals or maybe pre-national or or if right. I'm just overthinking this and it's just, you just bought some cards in June. I,
1: I got lucky or I got very unlucky, depending on if you want to look at my budget for that month. But uh, that's three of the first four came in the same, same about week and a half. So it was a, it was a fun time at the card house here.
0: <laughs> so I know one of your goals is to get a prime patch for every Celtics player that has them yes. and Kimba Walker, not necessarily the most popular Celtic. Is that one where you, you probably have it? I mean, that's as good as it's going to get. That's an amazing patch. It's yeah. a one one Are you done with Kimba at this point?
1: I, I actually going to uh, say that's not as good as you get because there may be another Kimba Walker coming in uh, a okay. couple of cards later. All right, and so, actually, it's not even the best flawless I have because I have one on the wall over there that's a GE patch. Okay. Um, so that one's so it's what's you know I don't know if you have a, a player or a couple players in the Pacers that you're not really there you don't really collect them, but you seem to find them a lot. And so Kemba yes. is kind of that guy. He's uh I found a lot of great things for Kemba and I'm going okay I'll take it. I mean because I want it for myself this collection. They're great patches, and and he's a he was a a, a great guy. I wish his career hadn't ended so fast, um, but. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's um, he seems to be that guy, him, and I guess now Marcus Smart. Now that he's not a Celtic, I seem to be finding a lot of smart patches out there, right, lately. Yeah, for a pretty good price, and they're very, very impressive patches. But Kemba, right now, I've got three or four in my collection that, if I had them in a, you know, if they were Paul Pierce or they were Jason Tatum, they'd be worth exponentially more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've had people ask me, do you do you collect Jermaine O'Neal? And it's like, well, how how do I answer that? I have right. a lot of Jermaine O'Neal cards. I collect pacers, would I call myself a Jermaine O'Neill collector? Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of in yeah. the same boat with you as Kimba or, or or do I have to really classify things? But when they're asking me that directly, I want to give them an answer.
1: So I understand. And I've, and I've had boat. a few, I've had a few actual Kemba collectors reach out about some of them. And I feel bad because I know, you know, they are specifically collecting him. And and if I ever do move any of them, I'll certainly they'll be the first ones I get in touch with. Uh, but at the moment, no, they're not leaving, and I've got a couple of really nice Kemba Walker patches. I'm not going to lie. So,
0: all right. So next
1: up, I believe this is number six. It is. So this is the one that, for I guess people that aren't quite familiar with the set, would kind of question whether why it's here. But this is a uh, 1997 Pinnacle WNBA autograph of Kim Parrot, and Kim, and it's a JSA certified. Kim Parrot was the point guard for the Houston Comets back in the late '90s when they won their championships. Uh, and unfortunately, she passed away from cancer in 1999. So this this set came out after the the 97 season. And then when she passed away in 99, that means there was less than two years for her to be signing any of these, I guess you consider rookie cards. Uh, and I'm personally trying to put together an, like a complete set, a signed set of the 97 uh, WNBA pinnacle. Uh, now I've got 29 out of 81. And so this one in particular was the one I was most, I guess you can say, concerned about. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. know how many of them out there. Uh, and so this one actually popped up on a safe search while I was in the middle of a faculty meeting uh, before school started. Kind of got the buzz in my pocket. Looked at it and went, "Uh huh, buy it now." Thank you. And then put the back in the pocket and kept. <laughs> so it was one of those. I knew it's like I didn't buy it right then. Someone else is going to scoop it up. Um, and so when you get a card like that, I don't know if you've had anything with that 72 set, but there are certain signatures. When you get that, you know this might actually be possible. And mm-hmm. so with Kim Parrot, I mean, like I said, for her to be a you know less than two years to have any chance of having those signed before she passed away. Um, when I saw that, I went, yep, that's, that's mine. Uh, and so now I, you know, I only have about 36% of the set done, but it's kind of the, the the most difficult signature to obtain. So I'm pretty excited about having it.
0: Yeah. I I had two of those moments, I think in my 72 set, even though there were other tough cards, the first one was Wendell Ladner who okay. died in a plane crash in 1975. So, you know, you're looking at under three years to sign a card when people right. just weren't number one, weren't collecting basketball cards. And number two, weren't getting them signed, right. except for like Tim Gallagher and his friends. <laughs> and yeah. then the second thing for me was when I bought the Maravich, it's like, okay, now I'm I'm committing enough to this. Like I have to move forward with this or else what am I doing? Exactly. Now with Kim, exactly. y- you mentioned, I mean, she had less than two years to sign that card. Right. And I, I mean, let's just there weren't a lot of WNBA collectors. There's still a small amount relative to basketball as a whole. Right. And the amount of people that were getting those signed. I mean, I do you think there's five, maybe 10 at most? And I wouldn't even say that many.
1: I, yeah, I, I you'd have to kind of figure out, you know, I, haven't, I have to look back at how much she played the 98 season and when kind of she was diagnosed, you know, with the set coming out in 97, if she played the full 98 season, you obviously have some fans there. That would have brought the cards, you know, to the games to get signed. But even still, you know, like I said, if she had, whenever the the medical condition came in, obviously she's not in any real, you know, uh, condition to sign autographs right. after that. She's so, not I mean, doing any
0: public signings or anything.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I I wouldn't even wouldn't even try to guess at how many are out there, but I guarantee you they're very rare. And so, like I said, it just it certainly perked me up in the middle of a meeting that I didn't want to be in. So I went, oh my. Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. So uh, excited to have it. And like I said, it, it definitely gave me a, a little extra boost uh, in my thinking that this set might I can actually put together this entire set at some point. Um Even if it's going to be slower than I initially anticipated.
0: Right. Well, it's not a race. You know, yeah. my my set took me nine years and <laughs> now, I you know, I upgraded a card this year. I said I was done with it. upgraded so you know you'll come back to it and it'll be a fun little project but it'll be worth it if you could finish it in a month it it just doesn't mean much to you
1: yes okay
0: uh let's hear card number five
1: so say hello to your friend it's uh kemba walker again (laughs) so this is a 2019 2020 immaculate jumbo patch nameplate nobility uh the letter k from walker uh this was i got this back in march and so this was one of uh well, I guess it's not the first one, but, you know, this year is when I really started going after some of these full letters. Uh, they are beautiful. And like I said, this one, I probably beat out a couple of Kemba Walker collectors, so I do apologize. But I, anytime you can scoop up uh, full letters these days, uh, I'm not going to turn them down if I can afford them. So that one is number five.
0: Well, and there's six of them. So unless they're trying to build the whole name and, and it's not the first letter. So right. you, yes. it's not like you're taking everything from the Kemba people.
1: This is true. But it's true and, and they now know where it is in case uh, in case they really want to make a run at it. So the the idea of the knowledge of knowing where they are, there's a certain letter that you and I were discussing recently, and just knowing where it is kind of it, it makes you feel just a little better in case they decide to move it. Uh, you can kind of keep an eye on it.
0: I've got a story that well, I can tell you after the fact here, but i I think it'll be on next week's episode of a Hall of Fame letter. I had no intentions of moving, but I got an offer that I couldn't refuse. Yep. So, you'll be hearing about that mail day next, uh, probably next week, but uh, okay. I
1: digress. Okay. All right. N-
0: number four.
1: Number four is another Immaculate. This is Marcus Smart. Uh, immaculate, jumbo patch, nameplate, nobility, letter A. And so, this one I purchased in February. So, a lot of these letters started popping up kind of around the same time. And so, uh, I think I bought this actually the night of the Super Bowl, uh, right? February 17th, somewhere around the Super Bowl. Uh, and so, again, excited to grab an a and anytime they came up i was going to try and that one i think i I got for a pretty good price um i'm pleased generally that they aren't too crazy so that's my number four card
0: now you're going to end up with enough of those letters that you're going to start wondering what you can spell out have you got to that point yet i I know you Um, i've seen a few here already
1: yes we've got a few here and, and i guess i can spell small words but uh we'll have to give it a few more a few more years and a few more purchases
0: so. Yeah, start small and, and you'll notice that certain letters just show up more like, uh, I, I think I have like five of the letter A from different <laughs> players, whereas I I wanted to spell certain words, I needed certain letters and I don't have any of those, but I'll have like yep. five A's. So uh, speaking of Marcus Smart, I, I don't think we've officially chatted on air since all of that went down. What were your thoughts on that whole uh, transaction and, and what the Celtics are doing going
1: forward? you know, when if you want great players, you have to give up great players. And so uh, obviously when the, the Malcolm Brogdon portion of the trade fell through, you know, they they were at a deadline for Porzingis in order to get him in and have him accept his, I guess, his extension or something like whatever his needed in the contract. So it was obviously tough to see him go, but, you know, they've done a really good job of replacing him with, you know, bringing in Drew Holiday. I mean, I, I if you had told me you know, we lost these players and you get to replace them with with a healthy Porzingis for the most part and a Drew Holiday. I would have been shocked and probably called you a liar. So we definitely lucked out that um, Milwaukee let Drew Holiday go. And I'm I'm sh- pleased with Brad that he was able to figure out a way to bring him in because he's a adequate replacement for Marcus Smart. And I think he's offensively going to be an upgrade. Um, but, you know, Marcus has been there for almost a decade and and it's um, it's sad to not see him there. That's certainly sad to see him having to go through what uh, Memphis is going through right now. Um, they are certainly not doing what they expected to do at the end of the year. So, but that's that's uh, I guess life in the NBA. So if you if you want great players, you have to give up great players. So was certainly um, memorable, and, and and so we'll we'll look up, look upon him fondly. <laughs> and you
0: mentioned the the Drew Holiday deal, and and here you've got uh, Robert Williams who's already out for the
1: season. Yes. So yes. you might have even dodged a bullet there. No doubt.
0: No okay, doubt. let's hear your number three card.
1: Number three is actually not a card. This is my wild card of the group. And so you're sort of part of this conversation as well. When we met in Dallas last uh, July, uh, the big thing I wanted to do in Dallas was to go to the JSA, the James Spence uh, authentication table and have two things authenticated. One was a Len Bias 3 by 5 index card. And what was a 1975-76 uh, tops signed Pete Maravich card? The bias passed with flying colors and I'm, you know, I've had it in my collection a long time and I'm really happy to have that uh, paperwork to go with it. Unfortunately, the, the Maravich, would I, which I also had in my collection, probably for about 15 years, they had issues with. And you had mentioned you, you kind of saw a couple things on there that you had issues with as well. And so while that was a bummer, my bigger concern is the fact that I now had to replace a Pete Maravich autograph 15 years later. So uh, the price of those have certainly gone up exponentially, but uh, I won an auction, uh, when was this? April for a PSA DNA signed check uh, that also came with the letter from from his wife. Uh, And I got this for, I would say, 60% of what I thought I was going to have to pay for one of those. The idea that I had an autograph in my collection that now was not in my collection. I really wanted to replace it as quickly and as easily as possible. And so looking at this, you know, this uh, list, I'm going, there's no way I can't have this in there somewhere. It is such a huge piece to add, and then obviously having a little connection with it yourself in terms of uh, knowing that that my my 75 uh, tops didn't pass. And so my Pete Maravich signed PSA DNA uh, certified check is my number three this year.
0: And even though those slabs are are kind of big, I mean, you know, imagine those of you that can't, obviously you can't see it, but imagine a larger check and then slabbed in a slab with, you know, the plastic around it, they look really nice. I, I really like those check slabs. And and in fact, I've, I've seen kind of some ticket slabs that are similar and and I've right. even thought about, I'm not a big ticket guy. I really haven't jumped on that train, but I've even thought about that a little bit just because that check, I've got to run our test sign check. And, and I feel like it looks so nice in that slab. I wouldn't mind having some other stuff like that.
1: It's uh, it's one of those that's central right in the middle of my collection right now. And it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a good looking piece.
0: All right, so we're getting into the final two here, Jarrett. So let's go ahead and hear what's number two.
1: Well, uh, as you know, I'm a pretty big D. Brown uh, fan and collector, and I have been trying to find a prime patch for him for quite a while. And uh, a lot of them I've I've bid on and been outbid, and so I finally landed a 2014-15 Spectra Spectacular swatches, green number to five with a signature as well for D. Brown there. Paid more than I probably should have, but it was one of those ones I literally had lost out on one, uh, say a week and a half earlier. Thought, well, there's a number five that goes down the drain. And then the same seller had this one here. I so
0: say, you, you had the number to t- 10 too, right?
1: Uh, I was going after the number 10. And so it was one of those, both auctions were happening simultaneously, one of those ending. And I think the 10 was ending before the five. Uh, And so I tried to bid on the 10 because it was one of those I've had ones where i passed on the first one Mm -hmm. and then didn't win the second one and didn't get either of them. So uh, I lost out on the 10 and then figured, well, if I was willing to bid on both of them, then I'm willing to really bid on this one. And so uh, this one's number two of five. I remember the one prior was numbered four or five, and I was shocked to see the seller had two of the five out there. So I was pleased with that. And uh, this one did not leave my grasp when I when I uh, had an opportunity for it. So most years, this would definitely be my number one. Uh, D Brown is probably the top player uh, that I'm collecting right now in terms of player collections. And so I really, really wanted a prime patch. I mean, obviously they're still out there. I believe he's got a, a logo man. Does that that sound right? I think so. Yeah. And and a few other really really high end prime patches that are obviously uh, vaulted away in other people's collections. This is I figured this is about as good as I was going to be able to do. Um, and the fact that it's number two makes me kind of excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and that green is a, a color yes. match, right? So that match. works out really well. And now it regarding yep. the uh, back-to-back auctions, I think the best strategy is always the one that you don't choose. It, yes. it just it for me, it just never seems to work out quite like I imagine it. Or I end up buying one card for combined shipping and and don't win the other, and overpaid <laughs> on the first one. So right. I, it's the right strategy is always the one that. You don't choose.
1: Well, I figured you know the other one was a gold number to ten, and it was it was a sharp looking card. And if I had won that, it would have been a, I guess, a good consolation prize. And I was, and if I'd won it, I was still going after the green. So I figured either I get them both, or I maybe I'll get one or the other. And I wound up getting the other. And so when I didn't, when I was willing to pay for both of them, and didn't win the first one, I went okay. I have a little more, I guess, financial in my in my brain. I could spend a little more than I originally thought I would. Uh, for, to make sure the green didn't get away. So. No, I,
0: I know exactly what you're saying there. Once you've decided in your mind that those funds are gone, yes. sometimes they just immediately go to another card. I've <laughs> talked about my uh, scroll of shame. Whenever I lose out on a card, it's almost right. like, and this is horrible, but it's like free money for the watch yes. list. All right, now I'm going to go and find a $30 card and just buy it. Yes. Um, very bad habit. Would not suggest that to anyone. I don't do it, it often anymore, but it still creeps in occasionally.
1: I, I will, on a side note, we, my, my girlfriend and I spent last week on a, on a cruise, and every day I didn't buy some useless junk in Mexico or, or Belize, I, I utilized that to justify buying something on eBay when I got back on the boat. So I bought two or three cards. Like I didn't buy that 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 T-shirt, so I bought a Manny Ramirez number ten, or you know. So I've got some cards coming in that are technically my souvenirs from a trip that I never didn't buy them there, but I bought them while I was there, and I use that justification of I didn't spend money on crap I didn't need, so I'm gonna buy some cards. So. <laughs>
0: you know, I I think that's perfectly fine though, and and that's what I've been doing now when I go to Pacers games on the road. So like this past week when I went to Atlanta, right. I thought you know. I can go, I like to buy a little something when I'm at a game, like, Hey, uh, I could go in this team shop. I'm decked out in Pacers gear. What am I going to buy like a Harry the Hawk plush, or (laughs) should I just go home and buy a $30 Halliburton card? Well, luckily for me, they had a a Panini instant Halliburton that they made. And I I won't see that for weeks, but it was like, you can buy one on the website for $10 plus $10 shipping, or you can buy a five pack. So I ended (laughs) up with five of them. (laughs) Um, don't ask me why it just, it made sense and it didn't at the same time, but I, I completely get it. Sometimes that money in your mind is already gone. Okay. Uh, it's, you've had quite the list up to this point. I actually don't remember what your number one is. I know we probably talked about it before. I'm pretty excited to hear what it is. So let's go ahead and hear your number one.
1: So My number one was purchased right at the end of 2022, right at the beginning of 2023, but it did not arrive in my possession until January 6th, so I'm counting it as a 2023 card, and this is kind of a, a, a sister to one of yours, I guess. It is the 2007-2008 Topps Letterman Authentic JoJo White Patch, letter E. Uh, in fact, this was uh, kind of what started this whole conversation between us, because there was a W that went, uh, was it a week ago, last week? yes. And Indeed. so I said, you know, I, I said, are you, you have an eye in your collection and you've been wanting to upgrade your eye. So I mentioned, are you going after the W? And you said, well, if it stayed reasonable, uh, I will. And I said, well, if it leaves your level of reasonability, let me know. I'm still might be interested. And so I guess at one point it passed your level of reasonability. And I said, well, I'm still going after it. If the, if I win this and my top 10 list is going, you know, it's going to be thrown to bits because of, you know, a W. But anyways, the constellation prize is I did not win it. Although I will, whoever did win it out there, I I did bid you up quite a bit at the end because if I wasn't going to win it, you had to pay for it. Uh, and so this and, lovely e, and I my, I know my, who
0: that person is, and I I think you might as well. If not, we'll we'll talk about it. But okay. Yeah. Amazing collection.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, and then I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, but like I said, I I, I was talking to Steve. And he's like, he's like, you already have an E. Why are you going after the W? I'm like, because it's the W. I mean, that's the first it's letter. The first one. Absolutely. And, yeah. And and because, I mean, how often are these going to show up? I mean, it's like they show up and then they disappear and you never see them again. And so I said, as I told Steve and I just said, either I'm going to win this thing or someone's going to pay for it. And so uh, unfortunately for them, I, I did throw in a pretty high bid at the end, but he, he won it. And congratulations to him. And so my consolation prize is the fact that at the beginning of the year, I did win the E. It was negotiated down. The seller wanted a little bit more. And so we kind of came to a price that we were both okay with. Uh, it was actually similar to the price the W wound up going for. So I'm kind of pleased with the fact that they're on a similar uh, price on that case. And and obviously, you have more background information on this card than I do, uh, if you want to remind people where what this may have come from.
0: So the the understanding just based off of the jersey that Tops had and a jersey that was up for sale at the time was that this jersey is from an NBA finals game. And um, we were able to match the tag up to that uncut jersey and the stitching on the tag. We were able to match all of that up. So even though tops is not labeling it, it is the belief is, and, and I can't confirm this 100%, but I would say I'm like 99.9% sure. The belief is that it's from an NBA finals game, which Jojo just happened to win MVP of that series, by the way.
1: Yeah. So when I remember hearing that from you, uh, when you would discuss maybe the I or something else from that, uh, that time period that you had in your collection, I went, wow. And when I saw this, I went, okay, uh, a finals MVP uh, E yes, please. And so, like I said, I, I, I negotiated it down to a price I thought was reasonable for, for the, the piece of memorabilia that it was. Um, and it was kind of weird to think, you know, when it arrived January 6th, barring a complete miracle, I've just purchased the best card of the year in the first week of the year. And so, you know, I, I haven't really tried to, to, to best it uh, and nothing has bested it. But it's it's such a beautiful card uh, and I'm so excited to have it. And I'm happy you have one as well. There's kind of a like a, a kinship to having a piece of that, knowing it is part of a finals uh, uh finals mvp jersey i know yours is the eye and you kind of i guess while appreciating it you, you kind of hope to, to upgrade it at some point but i i the fact that you have any of them is, is awesome for your collection and and you've told me how much you bought that eye for <laughs> i'm very jealous of that price um Yeah. Well,
0: and, and even, um, so I want it for a fifth of, I'm going to call it my mega bid. Then it would be laughable now because that mega bid is a fraction of what they go for now, Yes, but it, it was different times. So yes, I, I'm happy with my I. I'm happy you have the E and honestly, I'm happy for the person that has the W as well. I, he's a good guy. So, um, it's good to see all those letters, in in my opinion, in good homes and and with people that appreciate them. I do feel like I cost myself some money by talking about the the story and the and the history of it, but right. I just love the history of it too much to stay quiet.
1: Uh, it's it, like I said, I to hear the story, I'm just going wow. And so to, to look at look it up and see that the, that auction happened around that same time, I'm going, it's a shame that it got cut up, uh, and it certainly wouldn't happen nowadays. But it's already happened, so I might as well have a piece of it. So. Uh, like I said, it's, if I ever do make a top 50 list uh, for my whole collection, it will be pretty high up there. There's no doubt about it.
0: Well, Jared, uh, we've had a lot of good conversation today. You mentioned the top 50. I had that on my notes here. That might be the next step. Not that, <laughs> not that I'm trying to push, you know, my exercises on other people, but I, I just think it, it was something that really allowed me to enjoy my cards more. I'm hoping right. this top 10 list allowed you to, you know, take these 10 out and enjoy them a little bit more, because that's really what it's all about, and then sharing that enjoyment with other people. Before I let you go today, uh, I want to give you a chance to plug your social media and anything you might be looking for. These next few moments here are yours.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, Instagram, as you mentioned, was Celtic Super Collector. Uh, X or Twitter, I'm on it's a Celtic Collector, kind of one C in the middle there. Uh, I mentioned that the previous time I was on your show, I do collect Celtics autographs, trying to get one of every player. Uh, and I'm I'm down to 14 again, still. So I'll rattle them off. The odds of anyone having them are pretty small, but we have uh, Celtics that are Benny Clyde, Norm Cook, Nate Driggers, Bob Duffy, Mel Hirsch, Chuck Hofer, uh, Gerard Jerry Kelly, Mo Mahoney, Dick Murphy, Skippy Whitaker. and then some of the more recent ones: Oliver Lafayette, Jonathan Gibson. Javante Green and Broderick Thomas so these are the 14 Celtic autographs that I need 10 of which that I have been trying to track down for the last now 25 years yeah Uh, yikes!
0: so if you're a family member of one of those people (laughs) and you're listening maybe you got something at the house otherwise yikes
1: yeah that's it's uh, I've accepted the fact that I'm never going to find them but doesn't keep me from looking and then I'm looking right now for an immaculate uh 2015-16 Panini Immaculate Jersey numbers of Jonas Jurepko uh, i've just recently discovered that that exists and it's game used uh so i'm definitely looking for one of those i think it's numbered at 20. uh and then there's these 2001 2001 tops team relic game one jerseys of purvis ellison and eric williams uh that i would also like to add at some point i mean I, while i like prime patches uh it, at this point some of these i just have to accept the fact that they only have a jersey card so uh i know there's a purvis ellison being sold in australia uh, the idea of spending, I think it's $14 shipping to get it to me, just kind of makes me queasy oh, a little bit. Oh, but only, 14?
0: Point, yeah, I, yeah, I only 14 Yeah. Yeah, only 14 Usually it's like, there's like 40 on some of them. Yes.
1: And so uh, at some point I may, um, you know, accept the fact that that's just, I'm going to grab it, but you have told me to wait. And so I'm, I'm waiting. And so I need those two as well. But like I said, last time I did this, I think it was, uh, you had one of your listeners help me find a Cody, Cody Clark signed three mm-hmm. by five. Uh, which was much appreciated. It was one of those names i had been looking for for quite a while. So if anyone has any leads on these ones, like I said, Javante Green, I, I would have thought by now Panini would have had something. He's been with the Bulls for a couple years now. Is he still with the? Is he still with the roster?
0: Uh, um, you're asking the wrong guy. I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> uh, I believe he's with them, and and so I would have thought he would have been there. And I know Broderick Thomas has popped up here and there. I sent him a, a through the mail request this summer to the Clippers. He was with them with the summer league, but didn't answer. So a couple of these older guy or newer guys, I think I'll get eventually. But yeah, these these first ten, uh, I have their names almost uh, emblazoned into my brain because how many times I've tried to look them up online and and eBay and all the different things. So um, maybe perhaps one day. And the fact that your buddy there, um, who's your big autograph collector, Tim, we were talking about Gall- Tim Gallagher. The fact that Tim Gallagher doesn't have some of these names um, kind of worries me.
0: Right. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully you you end up with something maybe that he doesn't have. If nothing else, I think we can find you that Jarebko. So if you're listening and you've got that, there's 20 copies out there. Jarrett's looking for one. Let's make it happen. Thanks again, Jarrett. Thank you so much. All right. Well, there you have it. Maybe there was something we talked about today that resonated with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under the handle at Wax Museum Podcast or x under the handle at Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Hit up the website for my affiliate links, tag Taco Bell, and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.